welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Uh, what's up, man? Hey. Hey. Here we are again, talking rookies. That's us, man. We've been doing this for weeks, haven't we? Feels like forever. So let's break it down. We've covered the quarterbacks. True. The running backs. Uh-huh. The tight ends. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we're all up in that young blood. What? So if you missed those episodes. Being creepy, man. <laughs> don't call me creepy. Well, quit being creepy. I'll quit calling you creepy. I can't help myself sometimes. It's in my DNA. Yuck. My wife doesn't call me the creepster for no reason. <laughs> Keep your bedroom talk to yourself. She's never called me a creepster. All right. That'd be creepy if she did. All right. It'd be grounds for divorce. Babe <laughs> creepster, get in bed. Whoa, 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 ooh, ooh, whoa. Ooh, lady. Well, I'm easy. sleeping on the couch, you creepy woman. <laughs> uh, so, if, obviously, if you've missed any of those episodes and this is the first time you've ever listened, go back. Listen. We have some really good information on all those rookies. As we bear closer to the actual NFL draft, are you getting excited? No, I hate the draft. I am getting so <laughs> excited. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Man, I love the draft. Someone was asking a sports question the other day on local sports talk radio, and I said, what's the one thing in sports that really, like, excites you, like, really gets you going? And I'm, to me, I'm like, yeah, the NFL draft. It's mm, just, yeah, absolutely. It's like, a, and obviously it's, a lot of it has to do with dynasty fantasy football, but it's also a chance for NFL teams to actually get better. You know, like for the Browns, for example, if Miles Garrett's transcending like a Mi- Michael Strahan, that's a legitimate game changer your NFL team sure on team sports so well that's what it is I mean it's the ultimate you know it gives every team hope every year which is nice it's kind of a renewal process yeah. and, and gives everyone hope and, and the same, fills up your cup so to speak copper cup Moscow <laughs> oh, Mule oh, Mr. Hey, Cooper hey. himself hey, hey it only um, took uh, what is it a two and a half minutes so no, no, we'll, even two we'll get the Moscow minutes. Mule later yep. uh, but no at the same time that kind of transforms over into your dynasty team as well it's a good reason, it's a good, it's one of the best ways in Dynasty Fantasy Football to turn your team around is these rookie drafts. And it's the reason why we overvalue these rookie picks. And let's face it, the rookie picks are always overvalued. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We talk about it all the time. Everybody thinks they're getting the next superstar. We talked about it a couple months ago, how there's only, what, 12, 15 real superstar, legitimate, like, players that are high-end players as there is. Yep, we did a whole episode on it. So, these, these picks get overvalued. And the reason being so is it's the only way to get these game changers. You're not going to go out there and trade for Odell Beckham and Mike Evans. Nope. I mean, those trades do go down, but they're few and far between. Absolutely. So the only way to get those guys is to draft those guys. And somebody from DLF, they put a tweet out like last week. I think it was like, it could have been Nick Whalen if it's not, forgive me. Uh, but one of those guys, and they were, they were, they were talking about it. Um, maybe it was even Jeff Miller. But they're saying how people overvalue the rookie picks as well and how he's always more happy to trade those for young up-and-coming players and we talk about that as well because he's saying guys in the second year third year uh, i know Corey evans has put a cu- article out today on dynastyners.com so if you're listening to this it's going to come out on the article came out on tuesday about third year breakout players so make sure you check that out on dynastyners.com another great article by Corey. uh you can follow him at Corey nfl and he has that great podcast the dynasty dude uh but we talk about it all the time too like how People will instantly throw guys from the previous rookie drafts who haven't done well or in two years. And we always advocate, hey, go trade for those go guys. Go get those, yeah. Because those are guys you want because they're already putting their time. 
Even guy like Laquan Treadwell. You know? Sure. I mean, he came out with a you know a great grade and everything like that, and just you know he didn't get on the field for numerous reasons. It seems like if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. But it doesn't increase your odds that your guys don't pan out this rookie draft. All right. these guys that we love, some of them are going to be bombs. Maybe it's Leonard Fournette. Maybe it's Joe Mixon. Maybe it's Corey Davis. Who we don't know. But some of these guys are going to be bombs. Uh, that's a guarantee. That's mm-hmm. one thing we can guarantee. Even the great drafts, there's bombs. I mean, my my bet's on Juju Smith-Schuster just because he's a wide receiver and he's from USC. Eh, that's a good bet. You know. But I'm, we're talking even <laughs> top-tier guys, like one of the top five locks. We have, right. So tier one right now, we can say it's Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette, right. Corey Davis, yes. Mike Williams, uh-huh. and Joe Mixon. I think... Um, you teetered on Joe Mixon. Right, Joe. Yeah, right. And it's only just because of off-field concerns, obviously. Yeah, again, I'm not really worried about those. Okay. Just because there's... If it, if it just happened, yes. From a, from yeah, from a talent ago. standpoint, yes, he's up there. I'll just I mean, say, you, I'll say it that way. You yeah. see reports on Joe Mixon all the time, this guy is the most talented running back in the draft. You see reports from legitimate people in the NFL saying, this guy is the most talented running back in the NFL right. uh, in the draft. And that's just all around. Because to me... It, I still have Dalvin Cook as my number one. So, so do I, but he's starting to make me a little bit nervous, too. I've read some. Did uh, you see he ran a 4-4-4 four, four, four as pro day day? I missed that. He sure did. Ran a 4-4-4. Four, four, four. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's, he had a pretty good 40 at the. No, he ran a 4-6-1. No, he didn't. He didn't? No, Dalvin Cook had a 4-4-9 four, four, in, oh. in the 40. It was his other, uh, it was uh, his agility stuff, his three cone and his 20 yard that were concerns. Yeah, I put a tweet out after that. I'm like, would you rather go off uh, a one day shown at the combine or three years of tape? Right. Yeah, I'll take the tape all day long. Sure. So I still love uh, Dalvin Cook. I still love Leonard Fournette. We've already talked this debate. It's one A, one B. There's no right. really wrong answer there. Uh, if Joe Mixon's in the right situation, I mean, hell, I mean, you could put him in that category if you really want to. And again, with those running backs, there's there's so all three of those guys are so hard to come by. That position such a rare opportunity. That's why they're so high. And we're going to talk about receivers today, so we'll get into some of these receivers and what we think about them. But, again, that Tier 1, that's a really nice tier. To have five guys at the top of the tier, again, even for you for four, that's pretty nice. But look at where Todd Gurley was not too long ago, top of the tier, top of the mountain. And what has he done so far in the NFL? Uh, not much, man. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. He has been an absolute Curtis Ferguson. So we'll get into these receivers. Before that, there was no news besides the Raiders moving to uh, Las Vegas. Right. Pretty crazy. Right, right. So I mean, it's it's going to be a dicey couple of years there in Oakland, I think. Um, I don't, I'm not sure wh- how they would benefit from staying in Oakland for the next, like, two, maybe even three seasons, it sounds like. It said two. Remember, remember that, like, the Titans were supposed to uh, be in Houston for two years. But then after a year, it was so bad, like sales wise, right. they just went to Memphis after a year and they played somewhere anyway. Well, I, I already I read a report that they may, um, they may have a temporary home in I think San Antonio or somewhere like that. Okay, uh, just in case it it falls apart there in Oakland, which I mean, it's high opportunity too. It's a yeah, it's a pretty big probability that that is just going to fall fall yeah, apart. I fear for the Oakland fans. I believe as a Browns fan, they ripped away our team in 1995 and it was devastating. And I mean, it sucks. They're ju- imagine being on that team like they're just starting to turn it around and, and they're really moving in a great like great direction and then they uproot them and they yank them. I mean, so like the fan support is going to be terrible at all their home games this year. I would imagine. I mean, I the mean, only the only ho- I think what helps is that they are really good and up and coming, so people still want to go see. 
for that one last chance to try and get that championship. You know what I mean? Like, hey, they can still win before I go. Yeah, and, maybe. And, and I've heard a lot of things where, like, at least Las Vegas isn't far enough where you still can't go and travel. But I know it. I know for me as a Browns fan, if my, you know, if all of a sudden they just were about to be good and then they moved. Right, I'd be even more pissed. Which actually, that did happen. They were about to be really good. Right. They moved and they went to Baltimore and won a damn Super Bowl. Yeah. And they've won two Super Bowls since. Cool, man. I hate you, Ravens. Mm-hmm. I hate you, Art Mardell. Right. Um, that's the only news. So let's get into these receivers. So just as much as there is a debate between Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, and Dalvin Cook, there's a legit debate by the top two receivers sure fair enough to the point where you and i are at disagreement over the top receiver i hate you you like a foolish man have mike williams as your number one receiver i like a handsome intelligent intellectual (laughs) have Corey davis as my number one receiver sure tell me why quickly people don't have time to listen to you rag rag on about nonsense you like Mike Williams more than Corey Davis. What it? What is like that one thing that puts you over the edge about Mike Williams over Corey Davis? Just I think his ability to go up and get the ball. I mean, I, I really do think that um, the quarterback that he was playing with was, um, I just just say inaccurate and constantly threw high, and and just his ability to always get up and seem to make uh, Deshaun Watson look good. I think I think that really. That shows me that he'll be able to do the same thing at the next level and go up and get balls like that. And, and, and really, 50-50 balls are going Mike Williams' way. And you've seen it on tape. I've and seen I, Corey Davis do that, And too. I think that's huge in, like, the red zone and stuff like that. No, I agree. I mean, and again, this kind of goes back to the same thing you say about Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. It's like, there's no really wrong answer. Plus, he's, I mean, plus he's done it really at the highest level in, in college football, which that, I, I, think, I think is a little bit of a separator. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. Even though, I mean, like I said, Corey Davis had five games against the Big Ten. Right. And he scored 450 yards and had four touchdowns. He had good games versus the Big Ten. And granted, he went to Western Michigan, but their size is pretty comparable. I yeah, mean, no, yeah. Six four for Mike Williams, six three for Corey Davis. Yeah, and, and same weight. Uh, Mike Williams, at, at least at the at the combine, he was 218, and Corey Davis, I think, was 209. 209. Okay. But, I mean, Corey Davis is coming off surgery so who knows how much he's been yeah, i think he played actually, right around like 213 right, right i think there. he's probably lost a little bit of weight yeah um so i and i agree like mike williams is good the couple things i about mike williams is just for me it's consistency with mike williams okay. you know at times it wasn't a huge ordeal but sometimes with the drops i saw him have a little bit of drops there seems like sometimes he would take plays off at the same time um not like a full go Here's why we'll talk about Corey Davis first because okay. he's my number one. He is. Uh, so Corey Davis out of Western Michigan, like you said, 6'3", 209. He is the model of consistency. This is a guy in four straight seasons, had 50-plus catches and at least 900 yards. We're talking about, you know, as a freshman, which he started as a freshman, in 2013 he had 67 receptions for 941 yards and six touchdowns. Came back the next year, 2014. 78 receptions, 1,408 yards, and 15 touchdowns. 2015, 90 receptions, 1,436 yards, 12 touchdowns, and capped it off with a senior year with 87 receptions, 1,500 yards, and 19 touchdowns. That was 97 receptions. But 97 receptions. <laughs> Even better than 87. Better than that. <laughs> yeah. In touchdowns. This guy who runs routes 
excellently. He attacks the ball. He tracks the ball well. And he's like one of those guys that has like that Josh Gordon speed's kind of deceptive, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, obviously, he has this ankle issue, right. which might push him down the boards a little bit. The ankle issue, to me, has no concerns or worries whatsoever. This is a guy that you and I have been talking about for two years now. Sure. Uh, always wondering if he's going to come out. One of those guys who's not just like, oh, he popped up. He's all he's good. He's not Kevin White. Right. He is consistent. To me, to me, honestly, this guy is probably the safest guy in the entire draft. You know what? Corey I can Davis. see why I can see why you're saying that. And the more and more you talk about it, the more um I guess the Kevin White con- comparison might be a little bit better for Mike Williams due to the fact that he missed a whole year with a neck injury. A bad neck injury. A bad a bad neck injury. So but I but that's kind of why I like I mean I liken Mike Williams also to the fact that I see a lot of the same things that I liked out of uh, Kevin White, which might not be a great thing. But, I mean, just like a really explosive guy. And, and I just – I think I think he trans uh, – I don't know. I just like the way he makes the big play. I guess there's more more pizzazz, I guess, with Mike Williams than Corey, Corey Davis. Yeah, but sometimes I think th- things like that can be like kind of what suckers you into a player like that over Corey Davis. Because that's Corey- what I, that's what I mean. I I might be I might be chomping at the fool's gold a little bit. Because honestly, Blaine. Corey Davis does the exact same thing. Right. He goes up and gets the ball as well. He attacks the ball mm-hmm. very well. I mean, there's not even really like a weakness I see about Corey Davis. That, I, I'm almost agreeing. With, that's what that's what I'm trying to say. I'm coming around maybe a little bit more to Corey Davis. Not that I need to come around. I mean, I, I really like him, but maybe uh, maybe I'm starting to see him a little bit more on the level playing field. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have no argument. If you're in a league, right, and you can't trade down, and say you drafted the last couple of years, you got Zeke Elliott, and a year before that, you got you just have like three really good young running backs, and you right. have the 1-1, taking Corey Davis. I'd have no argument with that. If you love Mike Williams, you take him there too. I, I don't like that, but yeah, I mean, that's okay too. Like I, These guys are that good. They sure, really are. Sure, they are. Just because we have them ranked three, four, two, five, it doesn't really matter. It's just because, again, those running backs always get a little bit of bump because how desperate we are for those young, talented running backs and how they are so few and far between. So, and with this draft class, how deep it is at running back. I mean, you see, oh, no, who ran a four, four, four today? I was talking about, and it wasn't uh, Deontay Dallas Foreman. Cook. Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Boosted his stock a little bit. Four, four, five, or something like that. Yeah, I and I got him. I have him right around, I think thirteenth, fourteenth overall rookie for me. Sure. Um, uh, he's right. He falls because I I did my top twelve again. I updated him, and I have Evan Ingram in my top twelve right now. And like somebody asked me who'd be right, right on the outside, it was Nyoku and Deontay Foreman. Those are the two guys. And this is before he ran his forty, so I feel even better about that now. And somebody wrote me that. It's funny because somebody wrote me right afterwards, like, I could see Foreman sneaking into your first round later. And we'll see. We'll see where he lands. Sure. Cause he, he could. He's one of those guys that's kind of like the running back class is so deep. And these PPR running backs like Alvin Kamara, I like Kareem Hunt. I had Kareem Hunt at 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landon Spot can flip-flop some things. I mean, 2,000 yards, like Mike said, is 2,000 yards. But we're not talking about running backs. We're talking about receivers. Indeed. Back so to the task. I could, I could understand taking Corey Davis high. Real high. Sure. Again, and to me, he is the safest player in the strap. To me, no matter what, right, Corey Davis's worst-case scenario, worst case, is a wide receiver three. If you want me to put my name on one guy in the strap that's guaranteed to be good, no doubt, Rich Dotson guarantee, it's Corey Davis. Whoa, the Rich Dotson guarantee. Those are, I don't get those out lightly. No, you don't. Uh, 
So to me, like worst case is wide receiver three. Total has wide receiver one upside. I I envision him being a wide receiver one. I think in five years from now, this guy is going to be a coveted asset who is selected in the first round of dynasty rookie startups. The guys that we just talked about in the beginning of the episode of that you can't really trade for, I think he falls in that category. Do I think Mike Williams can get there as well? Yes. I see a little bit of like Des Bryant in Mike Williams. So do I. Um, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like he's he's. I can't really put my finger directly on it, apparently, because I, I mean, I was like getting tongue twisted earlier talk, trying to talk about it, but he just, he has a little bit more big playability in my eyes, which is something I like. So, yeah. And I think it's, again, to we're go, to, I mean, to go, yeah, exactly. To go along with other things. I mean, he also can, you know, he can also catch 10 balls in a game and, and really take over a game. So. Absolutely. Absolutely can. Just as like I said, Corey, I mean, obviously right. going over those stats, like you said, like you kind of came over a little bit. So don't you think, though, and we can say this to everybody, if we are splitting hairs and it is that close, wouldn't you want the guy who's never been hurt, besides barring his ankle, who has shown that he's the model of consistency in this draft and play it safe? I mean, because really, if you're talking about upside, how high of a difference is the upside between these two guys? I, I, think, I think they're neck and neck. It's, not really, it's almost like arguing right now Mike Evans and Odell Beckham or Julio Jones and Antonio Brown or... AJ Green, like those guys are so close, right? You can't go wrong either way, or you know, like you're not going to be like, oh, disappointed either way. But there is somebody that's, be- I mean, one of them is clearly better than the other. But a lot of those times, those guys flip flop from year to year. Who's yeah. better? It's yeah. not like, right. okay, this guy's number one this year, and this guy's like number three, or this guy be number three, and the point differential in the long scheme of things might be twenty points. They're talking like a point a game throughout the year. Because um, sometimes too, we see that like, oh, he scored twenty more points on the year, and you're like, yeah, dude, it averages out to about a point a game, like point, point and a half, right? It, yeah. Is it great? Yeah, but over the scheme of things, it's not a, it's not a game changer. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't lose a championship because of that, right? Um, those guys are they're going to win you a championship. And I think both of these guys, whoever's going to get them, it's a perfect year to be right around. Usually, when you sit around pick five, you're like, damn, just man. missed out. You always just miss out. It's right. Usually, a top three end of a class that you feel confident usually guys in the middle and and they do pan out to be studs but you 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 don't leave the draft going man if i just had if i had a, one more loss i could have got julio jones i could have got mike evans i could have got odell beckham uh i could have got uh bishop ranky oh man <laughs> that's old school right there oh um, bishop ranky still Lord. in the back of the car picking up scrubs as he goes along <laughs> jesus i got room for you Come on. He, he's waving at Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's just waving him off right now. He's like, nah, I'm good. Come on. Todd Gurley's not a scrub. No, he's not. But every day I slowly drop him more down on my overall dynasty rank. And it's just like, you know what? It's like two years you've done nothing. You had four games in the beginning. Let's, when give, you him, first let's started, give him some time with the new system here. I mean, Jeff Fisher was Jeff Fisher. Yeah, that's true, so. too. So we have Mike Williams from Clemson. Like you said, 6'4, 218. Uh, a guy that did fracture his neck in 2015 opener. Remember, he collided with the goalpost and fractured his neck, stat out, stat out the entire year. Right. Came back this year, dominated. Sure. Won a national championship. Won a national championship. Was a big reason why they won a national championship. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just like the prototype NFL receiver, right? I mean, right. this is, I mean, yes, both of these guys are like the perfect size. Like, you want them 6'3, six, 6'4, six, anything taller than that, and it gets a little out of, you know. Eh, anything shorter than that and you're 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 looking at a guy that's going to have to fight an uphill battle kind of to be like a number one guy 
Which, I mean, guys shorter than 6'3 can do it, but you want a guy that's 6'3, 6'4. Those like, are the guys you love. Those are the guys that are consistently... Right around 215. Yeah, and that's why we always say we our deal breaker is always the size, the bigger guys. Because when you look at the guys that have always dominated, like Andre Johnson retired recently, big guy. Right. A.J. Green, right. big guy. Right. Julio Jones, big guy. Mike Evans, big guy. But then you always have the Antonio Browns. The Odell like the Beckhams. P- yeah, right. the PPR guys five, are going to help five, out as well. 10, 5, 11, 6-foot guys. Yeah, agree. So, again, they both have size. They both have big playability. They're both fantastic receivers. There's nothing not to like here. Right. Um, again, the only thing that, that kind of puts me over the edge about Mike Williams, again, there's times when I watch some tape, and there's times, to me, it looked like, oh, he looks like he's a little disinterested. Like, you know, like when the ball's not coming your way? Right. Yeah. And there, and there be maybe times, not maybe not you know maybe not pushing the block quite as hard if it if the play is going the other way or or whatever. Yeah, and there would be times like when like versus lesser competition, like he'd have concentration drops, is what it looked like, and he'd have some drops. Like I said, I'm not overly concerned about his drops, but he would have those. And yeah, he did. But he's gonna he, be a high draft pick. So what if he goes to a team and he gets disinterested? I mean, it could happen. Uh, um, I don't. I I don't see that as like a major big time concern or anything like that or i wouldn't it's a, have it's a tiebreaker for me is what okay it is. right and that's what it boils well down i mean to. i don't want to make too big of a too big of a deal of it i guess is, is what i'm trying to say would you take any of these receivers over leonard Fournette or dalvin cook right now like the, uh, the rookie draft was today and you had to pick one and two and your team is just equally good on both ends of the ball uh would you take would you take one of those? Uh, no, I'd probably take both the running backs because they're harder to find. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it boils down to. Yep. These, and these running backs are that good. Yep. Leonard Fournette is that good. Dalvin Cook's tape is that good. Right. Joe Mixon's overall skill set is that good. Right. Uh, I would still take Corey Davis ahead of Joe Mixon. I would, I would be interested in the right situation of considering taking Joe Mixon ahead of Mike Williams. And am I recently, just at, like the other day, I put up my top 12, and I had Joe Mixon again over Mike Williams. And as soon as I tweet out, I'm like, am I, like, treating Mike Williams? Like, that, that, that doesn't you seem do, right. You just don't like him. I could tell you just don't like him. That's I do like, like him. But, right. I mean, just, it just goes back to the situation where, like, we talk about running backs and how hard they come by. Right. And Joe Mixon in the right situation can be a game changer. He could be David Johnson. Well, dude, Joe, I mean, Joe Mixon in the right situation might be a better pick than Leonard Fournette. Just Correct. Because I mean, of his catching ability. Because his ability to be he a three, be down, Le'Veon Bell. three down back that catches passes. So, I yeah, mean, we see those comps with him and Le'Veon Bell. Right. So, again, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, there's not many people in the, in the NFL that you would draft over him in startup leagues. So... That goes there for Le'Veon Bell. So those are the top two receivers. Whichever one you like, so be it. You're not wrong. Right. You, and you're going to get a good, good player. It's just where do you take them in a the draft compared to these running backs? Mm-hmm. And I think if I was on the clock, honestly, if I was on the clock, and the first three picks were Fournette, Cook, and then it went Corey Davis, I would take probably Mike Williams. Most likely. Most likely. Depending yeah. on my team, though. Right, right. And that's if what's you, nice about that fourth fit spot is. If you have a need at running back. You can back, pick for need. Sure. You can take Joe Mix and be happy with it, or you could take the receiver and be happy with it. But either way, you're in a pretty good spot. So let's talk about our next guy. So we're we're on the same page, page here for number three overall, right? Love this guy. Yeah. Love, love, love Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Eastern uh, Carolina. East Carolina, 6'2", 201 at the combine. 
Ran a four four five. Ran a four four five. A really nice uh, three cone at six point seven nine. Oh. His vert was thirty six and a half. He had a uh, four point zero one on the twenty yard. Fifteen on the bench press, which is nice at that size, and over eleven foot in his broad jump. Yeah, that's those are sexified. Those are really there. solid numbers, and I mean, here's a guy that uh, he did really well even at the Senior Bowl. So he did he did really well at the Senior Bowl, and then he piggybacked that the at the Combine and did really well. Was running nice routes there, and did really well at Eastern Carolina. And did oh my well, I don't I don't think. Saying he did really well at Eastern Carolina is giving the guy really justice. No. This past season, he caught a hundred and fifty-eight balls for seventeen hundred and forty-six yards. Repeat that: how many balls he caught? A hundred and fifty-eight receptions. Yeah, hundred and fifty-eight. Yeah, that's a lot of balls in your hands. Even a porn star would be impressed by that. I mean, <laughs> you, 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 and your porn star zinger, zing, zinger. I'm bringing it back. I'm so I mean, this is a guy that uh, he only caught single-digit. Uh, single digit receptions in a game twice. Yeah, this he had the season. most receptions in college, and it was football. seven. Twi- it was seven both times. It, it's not oh, even. No. It's not even like it was like three or yeah. four. It was seven. He had the most receptions in college football last year. He had the second most receiving yards. Uh, this is a guy who's a red zone threat. He has really good size. And because sometimes you were concerned when like, watching the tape out his forty-eight time, like he, like he didn't look as fast at some of. Sure. Like when you watch the tape before the combine, you're like, oh, his speed might not be there. Mm-hmm. Then you then he runs a four for five. And you're like, oh, that cross that cross that worry off the list exactly. right there. But he has the size, he has the body control, he has excellent leaping ability. Sure. And this is a guy that mostly played the slot his senior year, and uh, until his senior year, and they slid him outside, and then boom, look at the numbers he puts he up on the outside. Right. Yeah. Um, he's a Bolitnikov finalist. He's a first team All American. And again, he at the circus at, he, at the Senior Bowl, he was showing that he can make those circus ability catches. That's Absolutely. where he really jumped on the map. The guy has great hands, great balance, body control. Catches the ball with his hands, doesn't catch it with his body. I mean, what's what's there not to like? And about he's him? a guy that he's a guy that already comes in probably you know as one of the more polished route runners as well. Which is, I mean, which is huge for the transition. I mean, he this, showed consistently he separate at the college. Right, level. and this is a guy that can. I feel like this is one of the guys that can come to the NFL and kind of hit the ground running. He's not going to need like three years as long as he can get it mentally. Cause I feel like he's there physically with all his route running and everything. As long as he gets in to an offense where, where he can get all the, all the jargon and everything meshes, I think he can make a pretty good impact. Yeah. And I, and I can see a lot of people shaking their head. Like I got to turn on this podcast. They, don't, they have him ahead of John Ross. That's silly. That's silly. And I like John Ross. So do I. Yeah. But again, it goes right back to what we said a little bit ago. The big play, the bigger guy right. is going to give the edge to us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that pans out. Sometimes it doesn't. Like guys like Brandon Cooks, you get bumped up the board. And the more you think about John Ross could easily be Brandon Cooks 2.0, if not better. It's a possibility that he could be even better than Brandon Cooks. Well, here's my deal with, with Ross. He's always he's always dinged up and everything. He's already going out. He, you know, he went to the, the combine. surgeries. Yeah, he went to the combine and, and you know, ran all the stuff and everything. And basically... Even in even in his record breaking four point two two, he said he had a cramp and like he like he just always seems to have a little. He pulled up. He pulled up. Right, exactly. And then then he then he went off and he's getting a shoulder surgery. So it's like, uh, I mean, we have a pretty good article. Buyer buyer beware, like type of thing. Exactly. And we just had an article put up last week. You look for it by uh, Matthew Bates uh, at Fantasy PTs, a physical therapist. He wrote. He wrote, he's actually writing articles for us on a on the medical side of these players. He wrote about John Ross, and is there, and there is concern uh, 
knee injuries, shoulder injuries. And, and like soft tissue soft stuff. Soft tissue it, it just, stuff. It's just a lot, a lot of little things. And those soft tissue things, those don't just go away. Like, I mean, it seems like those are the type of things that are reoccurring injuries over and over again. You get a hamstring and people say that you're never right from that ever again. Like it, it's, it's reoccurrence is, is just something that's going to naturally happen. Yeah. I mean, two knee injuries, one requiring microfracture surgery. Sure. I mean, those are major red flags exactly. and that's easily going to put Zay Jones ahead of them for me. Easily. Sure. For, just, I mean, just, I mean, think about where, where you had John Ross before he ran a four, two, two at the combine and everyone's like thinking he's the next best thing, you know, like where did you have him? I, I mean, I had him like five or six. I'm not going to move him up just because he ran a four, two, two. So I don't even have him five and six. I don't even have him that. See the four, two, two is really nice. Cause that shows that you can be that deep ball threat in the right team and you get past defenders and he's going to score potentially some 70 yard touchdown catches. Right. To me though, I don't necessarily want those guys on my team because they, because no. they're the guys that are very hit or miss. They're inconsistent. They're, they're hard to rely on guys. So yeah. for me that, I mean that like drops him down in my rankings. Not not really. I mean not, I'm not going to like drop a guy down for running a fast time, but if he's a go long guy, he's a smaller guy and he's running a 422 and everyone's I, hyping him up, I'm not going to hype him up. See, I that. will say this about him though, where I don't see it it's it's not even like just to go long that that doesn't really worry me cuz when I saw him play, like I saw that he could run routes. Like, yeah, he can. He can. Yeah. He, I saw him run routes. So I was like I was impressed by his route run actually. I'm like, you know, cuz I thought going into it I was like, you know, this guy's going to be a vertical guy. That early D-Jax role, the guy that just goes deep. Hey, I'm like Torrey Smith, right. you know, Mike Wallace kind of guy, and the smaller stature. Uh, but I, when I watched his tape, I didn't see that. I saw that he can actually run some routes. I was pretty impressed with him. You're right. I am more concerned probably with his durability concerns. It's, it's a huge red flag. Right. And for me, I'd much rather take Zay Jones, like night and day. Uh, and this is a guy in his career. He had 114 receptions for 1,729 yards, 22 touchdowns, ran a 4 40. Broke the all-time record at the combine, so his speed is legit. He's a true vertical threat. He's a but look at look check out the vert too. I mean the guy's explosive. He had a thirty-seven inch vertical and an over eleven foot. Same same as uh, Zay Jones, just a little bit over uh, eleven he gets feet. Up there. Yeah. So for a tiny guy who's only I think he's five eleven. I mean thirty-seven inches. That pretty much makes you you know like a. Uh, you know, a six foot, six two guy. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Like he's he's shorter, but five. I mean, come on, he's almost six foot. So right. it's not like he's like he's not five eight. You know what I mean? He's not right. five nine, five ten. He's almost he's five eleven. Uh, and a little plus some. And this you said it's a guy that he can run routes. He accelerates really well. Breaks off that line like boom. He's he's gone. I saw he was like a little tight in the hips. Mm-hmm. You know, um, about having like making guys miss wise, right? Which is interesting because he decided not to run the three cone or the twenty yard, which is kind of change of direction type of agility things. And that backs up the tape, right? It really does. It it looks like it was a. And this is something cause we talked about John Ross before, and I said this before the combine. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, it looked like he was a little tiny hips, had a little trouble guy missing, and then sure enough, he goes there and doesn't run, do that kind of things. You're like, okay, he's a vertical threat, right? He can run routes, but it's like. You know, once you get the ball in the hand, there's not a lot going on if you don't break away after that. Um, he can use his hands a little bit more, catch with the body a little less. Yeah, sure, they have that sure. As a note. But at the same time, like you talk about John Ross, and you might fall in love with that speed. Those are the kind of guys that definitely help NFL teams way more than they help your fantasy team. We talk about it all the time. We talk about it with Will Fuller. Right. Um, he Guys like that fall in the category of time. People were slamming us because we were just telling you, like, Hey, Will Fuller is just, he's a good NFL player potentially, 
but he's not a good fantasy receiver, and you're going to re- regret drafting him. And I guarantee everybody that drafted him kind of regrets drafting him. Well, at first they didn't. No, the first couple of weeks they're like, oh, look at you guys in your face. We're like, hey, maybe we're wrong. I have no problem being wrong. I, I care less about being right. wrong. You know what I mean? I give my opinion. I stand by it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not an NFL scout. I feel like we do pretty good, you know? So, but if I'm wrong, I don't, I don't care. I don't need anybody shoved in my face. I'm wrong. I have no problem being wrong. I don't either. So, John Ross, I mean, who'd you rather have? Who'd you rather have? OJ Howard or John Ross? Um, OJ Howard. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, there's just there's just there's going to be guys that I think are going to have a bigger fantasy impact. I mean, these guys are all great. They're all great players. The you know the first few guys in, in every one of these tiers. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if my man crush Chad Chanhanson is a better overall fantasy wide receiver than John Ross. You do have such you you have been texting me nonstop about this guy. I like him a lot. I, I like him. I like him a lot. So John Ross, good. He definitely doesn't fall in a category of like a lot of the. Here's what we can say. Here's a good positive note about John Ross. We still have him in our first round. Sure. Mid to late first round. And we're not telling you not to draft him. No. Just where these other guys throughout the years, we tell you don't draft this guy. He's yeah, we didn't like we didn't like Will Fuller because he was a just a kind of a go along guy that had questions about his hands. Which showed up on tape last which year. Showed double, up on double tape. clutching balls. Right. Exactly. Even some of the balls he did catch for fantasy points, he was double clutching them. Sure. So, so, I mean, at least, at least John Ross has that going for him where he's not like a double clutch dropping all sorts of balls. He's a fast guy that can catch. So, you know, um, there might be some, there might be some worries when you hit a guy in the first round this year, like, but some of that stuff's going to clarify itself in the NFL draft, you right. know, like right now, like Kareem Hunt, like I'm still standing on Kareem Hunt being the first round because I love his tape that much. He's dropped down to the, like the end of the first round for me. Though. As I say, he'll be at the end of, end of the first round, beginning of the second round, in a lot of. Drives. But we'll see where it goes because once right. he gets into a certain spot, it's going to make me feel a lot better about Cream Hunt. Well, I think he's going to be a guy that in the NFL draft doesn't get much love either. I think he's going to be a fifth round pick, probably. We'll see. I think he's going to. I just, I just hope everybody else sees because we're the only people talking about Cream Hunt really being in the first round period as it is. Right. And I hope that translates over to an NFL team seeing like that. Well, I, I hope I can snack, snatch him in the second round and he'll be a steal. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I, I hope he's there for me in the second round if I have a decent second round pick as well. So, But everybody in this first round, I do feel pretty good about. There's not anybody I don't feel like, oh. No, there's not a whole lot of guys. I mean, if... Yeah, go ahead. No, I, there's okay. not a lot of guys. <laughs> so let's move on here to another yeah. receiver. Uh, a guy that we have down here out of Louisiana Tech. Yes, sir. Carlos Henderson. He's kind of like a dynasty darling right now, don't you think? I do think that, yeah. I mean, this guy had nine. He's obviously he's at Louisiana Tech, ran a four four six. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have his, his measurables in front of you? I do not have them. I of you. do, yeah. Um, he's five foot eleven, one hundred ninety nine pounds. He ran a four four six in the forty, a seven point one eight in the three cone. He had a nice vertical, thirty six inches. Um, the twenty yard shuttle was four point three five. Uh, bench press of thirteen and almost eleven feet, just under eleven feet on the broad jump. Yeah, Carlos Henderson's a nice, sneaky player. He is. And if you ask the dynasty community and you ask around them, like, Ooh, who's one of those sneaky receivers? I'm, everybody's going to throw Carlos Henderson's in mm-hmm. there. And everybody kind of loves Carlos Henderson. That's why, to me, he's not too sneaky, because everybody likes him. Everybody thinks he's sneaky. Right. So how sneaky is he? Everybody therefore, likes him. Therefore, he is not that sneaky. I like him. Well, to the uninformed, uh, compared to the uninformed, Carlos Henderson will be sneaky because I don't think, I mean, he was a guy that didn't even lead his own team in receptions. <coughs> no, he did not. So, I mean, the, there's another guy in this draft that actually, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, 
No, oh, I, Trent, Trent Taylor. No, was, I liked uh, when guy. we put our Carlos Henderson uh, article out. Uh, Carlos Henderson's mom liked it Ooh. and shared it on Facebook. Nice. And then started following us on Facebook. Oh, okay. Josh wrote me. He's like, he's like, dude, Carlos Henderson's mom just like shared our post. I'm like, how do you know it's mom? He's like, because it's her and pictures of Carlos Henderson growing up. I'm like, oh, okay. That'll do it. Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just another reason to follow us on Facebook. There we you go. You know, we never pimp Facebook on a podcast, but like if you can't get to the site every day, but you like to go to Facebook to see what other people are doing in their lives and watch cat videos and pictures of kids, uh, you should like us on Facebook because all our articles get posted to Facebook. That's why, like, a lot of times when we retweet stuff, it tweets it twice. Right. It has something to do with Facebook. I don't know. I'm not, like, a tech guy, so I don't know how to stop it, but that's why it does it. Uh, so all our articles always go to Facebook. It's a good way to get on there, see us. Definitely if you don't have Twitter, which if you don't have Twitter, you're doing Dynasty wrong in the first place. You should definitely be on Twitter. It's the best way to get information. So I like Carlos Henderson from when I see from there, and it, this is a simple reason why, is He's really, really good with the ball in his hands. Well, he's a guy that, I mean, he was basically, you know, uh, a return guy the first couple of years, you know, and that was like his his main thing. He's only caught 29 29 balls in 2014, 36 in 2015. But this year, he kind of took on a larger offensive role, got 82 receptions, 1,535 yards, and 19 touchdowns receiving. A big time role. But he kept on doing his return duties as well because he's just he's just that good of an athlete and that's what and that's where he comes so if you get played a game you get return yards right and points for that right this guy is definitely getting shot up your boards a little bit so keep that in mind this guy averaged nine point six yards after the catch he led the nation with 48 missed tackles last year he's an elusive player i mean dude scored 19 touchdowns that's impressive also. I mean, yeah, that's just... I can barely count to 19. <laughs> I've seen you try. <laughs> I can attest to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, I, I definitely definitely like this, game, this guy's game. I, and actually, as, as a side note, I mean, that was 19 receiving touchdowns. He also had two rushing touchdowns. And I, I, don't, even, I don't even know how many punt returns. All touchdowns. around player. So, yeah. so he's right now, and he's going right around like the mid-second round of your rookie drafts. Right, and that, I mean, that is huge value. That's great value. It shows you how, where That shows you how is. deep this draft is. I mean, this guy would have definitely been like a, a late first type of guy, I think, in past drafts. Hail to the yeah. I mean, you know, seven seven and on, eight, maybe eight and on. A couple, there's a couple draft spots that are, yeah, he'd be pretty high right. in this draft. And it just shows you, again, how deep it is. And it shows you the value. When you look at it, we talk about guys like David Yoku and uh, Deontay Foreman and guys like Juju Smith or Carlos Henderson, uh, other running backs that you can get in the second round. It shows you how deep the second round is. Yep. And it shows you that if you have picked nine, 10 when somebody has multiple seconds and they're offering that to get the 10 the differentiate you know differential between those the value of those players it might be worth to grab those a couple extra guys and try and get that if there's a player you don't love right if there's a guy like like for example if like, there's a guy you love just take him take don't, him. don't worry about it but if, if like john ross is on the board and he's there and you can move back like three spots and grab an extra late second for it i'd absolutely do that yep. absolutely I mean, again, a four four six—that's a good time. Oh yeah, man. Five eleven, same size, but he's way more elusive than some of that. So, where John Ross has a bit more big playability, Carlos Henderson's more likely to score you a touchdown. He's more like, yeah, and probably he's touchdowns gonna, rule. All. He's going to be a guy that's probably going to be catching more passes also than John Ross. So, I mean, there's going to be a more probably a more level 
of kind of consistency coming coming from Carlos Anderson than than John Ross. Yeah, overall talent wise, really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of falls into that like you know one year wonder kind of category. Uh, a little bit, yeah, but I, I think he's got enough uh, open field, big playability that I think that'll translate. I think so, too. Real interested to see where he lands, because mm-hmm. landing spot's going to be huge, opportunity's going to be huge. How old are the receivers? How is he buried? Does he fall? I don't want to see him fall in that, like, Leontae Carew uh, category where everybody loved him, and now all of a sudden, they, one, he went to a bad situation. Sure. Some people are like, oh, it doesn't matter, he's going to beat out those guys now he can't even be active right so does he fall in i don't want to see him to fall in one of those categories i don't want to see him go to tampa bay and then be behind mike evans and deshaun jackson which might not be terrible because he returned kicks and then deshaun jackson probably gonna be there for two years so can't be over worried about things like that because again this is long-term play Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but carlos henderson i think definitely validates right around that mid second round in your rookie draft sure sure so i like carlos henderson i i also endorse carlos henderson so let's talk about a guy next that we both don't really like. Okay. Which is weird because you think I think I I figured this would be a guy that would fall into a category we both like because like a couple of years ago I didn't like Nelson Aguilar that much. Right. And then you and Mike really put me on him, and I actually ended up drafting him in the league, and I've hated you guys ever since. Oh well. Yeah. So that's what friends are for. So Juju Smith Schuster, out of USC, sure. which is known for habitually putting out fantastic receivers. Fantastic. Um, not. Uh, 6'2", 220 pounds, ran a four five four forty. Sure. That's not very fast. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not fast. It, yeah, as I say, it, it's I mean, not. It's faster than me. Exactly. That's not saying much. Right. Like tortoise. His really, his, he's, he's a guy that, that didn't run a great 40, didn't have a, like his vertical was 32 and a half, which isn't, it's not horrible, but that's not great. Um, 15 reps on the bench and a, a straight 10 foot um, broad jump. Right on the dime. So, I mean, it's kind of like all his numbers are average. Like, none of them are great. None of them are horrible. And it's what it comes off to me, like, just an average receiver. That's absolutely, that's but, what I see, too. And I don't, I don't, and that's the thing. I don't see Juju Smith as, like, a bad receiver. Right. I see him as, like, and again, this is not, this is not a bad thing. I see him as, like, a wide receiver three. Yeah. Which isn't, where he's going in the drafts right now and all these first rounds, that doesn't validate to me. I'd rather no. make a risk and go for a guy with some upside yep. over a guy like Juju Smith. And remember, this guy, at the time, his name is so... I think people... His name was so big because in 2015, his sophomore year, was massive. 89 receptions, 1,454 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And then comes back with 70 receptions, 914 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Right. So he took a dip down. And what worries about me is he is a big physical receiver. He's strong. And sometimes when I watch like some of the tape, you're like, did he is that like why he strived? Like was his physicalness Well here's the thing. You listed him at six two two twenty and that's what the school listed him. He's only six one two fifteen, so he's even smaller than that. Oh right. So, sorry. I I'm just I mean I know that one inch and five pounds isn't that much of a big, I mean, but it all kind of adds up to just, an, it's another disappointing number. Like you said, six two two twenty, which comes off a little bit better than his actual disappointing number of six one two fifteen. Not so like, fast, Pat Sajak. Right, right, exactly. Like everything, everything about Juju Smith-Schuster is less, to me, it's less than everyone else is making it out to be. So it's just like, it, I, don't, I don't know, man. I like, back you up. The guy, the guy is just, 
To me, he's just, he's not going to be anybody that's going to help you win a championship. Sometimes arguing when you want to have a, you know, sometimes you have those shows that right. have two guys on opposite end are arguing, right. and that's what makes the show, and people might like that. But I agree with you on this. Right. I don't really have anything to argue with you on that. I think the same thing. I just don't see it. I don't. I mean, I don't. I just think he's going to be a guy that's just roster fodder. He's just on your. You're never really. I mean, you're going to be able to plug him in like every now and again. But like, I can get those guys off the waiver wire. Not even that. Like, I, I can see know. him being a wide receiver two on an NFL team, right? Right. A wide receiver two, but then he's really like they have a good tight end, so he's really like the wide receiver three. He's the third guy getting targets. Yeah. All right. You know, know what he is? Know who he reminds me of a lot? Who's somebody who actually just got paid and a fellow USC alum, Robert Woods. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Right. Somebody Robert like, Woods or like a Brandon LaFell, like just guys that are just guys, man. They're just they're just hanging around the league because they're good enough to be in the league. And but, they get drafted in, in your dynasty uh, league a little bit too high. And yeah. they are, you know, they get paid by dumb teams like the Rams a ton of money when right. they don't even deserve a ton of money. And somebody who might put up a game here and there, and again, who's not a bad receiver. Right. But when he gets to the next level in the NFL, I just don't really see it. Not, like I'm you with said, you. never be a number one. Best case, always a number two on an NFL team, which is the best case puts you at like certain wide receiver, maybe a low end wide receiver, uh, three a couple of years in your league. Right. But that's it. He's gonna need some touchdowns to get there. The speed's not there. The physicalness is there. But at the same time, that physicalness probably transcends more to college than it would the NFL. So we'll see. To me, when we talk about receivers, everybody else likes Juju Smith, Schuster. Unless he falls like late in the second round, is something I will not have any shares of when it comes to dynasty leagues this year. I'm with you there, brother. Like I'd probably I might risk him late in the second round, but even there, I'm looking at like some of these running backs. Like what it's gonna get to a point with these receivers, like I'm just gonna start run, looking at running backs. I agree, man. Running backs or or high end tight ends, you know, like high uh, upside tight ends. Yeah, I'd rather have that than Juju Smith Schuster, who I think I can't agree more. Just doesn't have a high ceiling. So now let's talk about something that I love way more. Oh my gosh! Than him. Tell and the more I got into his tape, and I got into the tape too late, the more I love, and the more that I want to put this guy at the top end of my second round. Okay. I really like Chad Hansen out of California. Yeah, you do. He's six foot two, two hundred and two pounds. Yeah. Ran a four five three, total one year wonder, ninety two receptions, one thousand two hundred forty nine yards, and eleven touchdowns. This guy has excellent hands he has terrific body control he tracks the ball well his size is good he blocks well uh he was a division 1aa transfer out of Idaho state so he had to sit out a year and he was buried you know so he was, couldn't couldn't play right had to sit out and he transferred over and uh transfers over to cal mm-hmm. comes out does pretty well yeah, no, no, yeah, he went from obviously last year, 2015, he only had 19 receptions for 249 yards. And this year, like you said, he blew up 92 receptions. And it was consistent. Like, he didn't have a couple of good games. He was just consistent right. all year long. Right. Now, you do have to worry about Chad Hansen, where he came with that air raid offense. So they threw the ball a ton. And he's not the, so his route running is probably a little off. Um, that's, that's one of the things that, um, you were getting awfully hyped about the guy and that was the one thing I saw. He was a guy that didn't really run a lot of routes. Nope. He had basically one move off the line and it was like a little kind of a jump. Get him, Chad. Like a, a a false step, like shimmy, shimmy his arms back and forth and then kind of go like that was his one move and he did it a lot and did it, you know, successfully. 
but that was really all I saw out of the guy. Um, one thing I did, uh, he, he actually improved his 40 time at his pro day. I, I know that you mentioned he ran a four five. He ran in the four fours at, at Cal's pro day. Even better. So yeah, even better. Um, I like his upside. I think this guy has a lot of room to grow. He definitely has room to grow coming from a from a smaller smaller uh, smaller State. school, Idaho State. Thank you. I couldn't think of what it was, and then kind of blossoming once he got to the better competition. So I I do like him. I'm not sure I like him as much as you, but I think he can be a guy that's a pretty big steal for somebody in the second round. I remember he had 92 receptions and he missed two games with an ankle injury. Sure did. So he yep. almost had 100 receptions as it was. And what I like about him, I like the tape a lot. I think his route running can improve because he showed they could get better. And he's a guy that you will draft in the second round. Again, he's probably going to go best case mid-second round. Probably best case, right? Mid-second round? No, I could see him going top of the second round. Where he's getting drafted? Okay. Yeah. I like him in the top of the second round. I think, I think right now his, he's starting to get hyped up a little bit more. Where that's where he's he is. Gonna... I've retweeted some stuff. And yeah. I nice people, Shh, don't get on the Chad Hansen right. train. <laughs> I've been on him for a couple of weeks now. Really like him. Like the upside. And I think in a couple of years, he has the potential to be a really good wide receiver, too. And I like to see him get in a good situation. I can see this guy getting drafted in the third round of an NFL draft. So could I. So that's yep. always a good spot. That's always going to give everybody a dynasty boost as it is. Yep. And, again, he's just somebody that I just saw. It just, he just did everything consistently well, besides the route running. Right. As a, as a receiver-wise, he did everything I loved. It seemed like he he did he did they did like a lot of quick slants and stuff like that where he was able to get the ball and and really just outrun people to the to the end zone and shit and stuff like that. Um, sorry, well, that's all uh, right. Um, it's a podcast. Yeah, I know. So um, you could be naughty. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I like him too. I, um, I, I have him. I think one spot lower than you, so no big deal. You know what gives him a little bump too mm. is that his brothers out there stopping pedophiles. Say what, Chris Hansen. Huh? The guy, you know, it's like you know, those guys go like to go prey on those like young kids, and they're like, "Hi, I'm Chris Hansen with NBC Dateline." Oh no, I didn't. You know you knew she was 12 years old so when you were emailing her. That's not really his brother, right? No. Okay, no. you're just, you're just trying to make a joke that bombed apparently. Okay. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> Got can't win them all, but every time <laughs> every time I see like oh Chad Hansen, Chad Hansen, sometimes I've said oh Chris Hansen. Okay. You don't get it because you never watch the show. I don't ever watch a show. I don't watch a lot of those kind of shows though. It was like a YouTube. Like I went through this like thing on like like a, where I watched like every thing on there. All right. Guys were like, no, I didn't know. I was just come over and hang out. But you're 35 hanging out with a 13-year-old. Oh, we're just going to watch football, and but you have condoms in the bag. Oh, we're going to make some water balloons and throw them at each other, you know. Uh, the police are outside. <sighs> this sounds creepier by the second, man. It is. It's All creepy. Right. It's pedophiles. He busted pedophiles. He's All doing right. a great job. That's what I'm saying. The edge goes to him because his, bro- his brother's... His fake brother. His fake brother is doing us okay. justice in the world. Okay. All right. As I explained the joke, which makes it a really bad joke. Dude, maybe we should just delete that. Just kidding. We don't, uh, we don't we, do that. We don't edit. <laughs> but we should have. So let's talk about a guy next uh, that's kind of dropped lately okay. in, in a lot of eyes. Mr. Moscow Mule, Cooper Cup. Oh, Why is he dropping? Well, his 40-time blue donkey balls. <laughs> that's one way that's to put 416, it. 4-6-2. Um, he's all-time leader at Eastern Washington. Uh, four years, 428. Or he's all-time leader in college football. I'm sorry. With... 42, 428 receptions, okay. 6,464 yards, and 73 touchdowns. Sure. I mean, it's it's hard to get a 
it's hard to get stats on this guy. But uh, this past year, uh, 117 catches, 1,700 yards, and 17 touchdowns is what I have for this year. Um, I couldn't find his his full uh, uh, glomerate. I have yeah. it down in my notes, so nice it has work. to be fact. Right. If I wrote it, it's I fact. believe it, yeah. Um, I mean, he's at 6'2", 215. He ran at 4'6'2", but even on tape, like speed was never his game. He's just That's one of those the- athletic good size average speed receivers well here's the thing he ran a 462 but his three cone was 6.75 he had one of the best ones there at the combine um you mentioned this before i think yeah he he strived everywhere else right but the 40 but the 40 yeah so he's fine i mean like his 20 yard was right around it was 4.08 which was i mean which is a ridiculous differential between 4.62 and 4.08 normally you see like a two tenths of a second drop but i mean this is nearly I mean, this is like a five-tenths of a second drop from, from that to the other. So, so, I mean, he can move laterally. and, and Oh, yeah, and off and, the line, too. Yeah, and that shows on his tape, too. The guy is a, is a pretty solid route runner. He did great at the combine. Um, That's where he got all separate. Like, he created a separation off his solid route run. And his, like he said, his movement, you see that on tape. You see that on tape. Right. And it's why we like we went back to the Senior Bowl, why we liked him so much. I was going to say, he, he was another guy that did, he shined at the Senior Bowl. It's a guy, we're talking about a guy that averaged 100 right. catches and 1,500 yards a season. He has NFL pedigree uh, as his grandfather played for the Saints. Sure did. So he comes from some pre- pre- uh, pedigree. He's a very proficient receiver who's quick off the line. He makes numerous difficult catches. He can go up there and get the ball. Like you said, his route running, his movement is really, really good. And this is a guy that really studies the game. He's really smart. Uh, he has an economics degree, and he also likes to use analytics. And he studies lots of films. And he, I, I know that's something he calls it, like, it's econom- econometrics. Uh, it's just studying the measurements of efficiency and trying to predict and project pr- productivity over time. Right. So, like, he sp- he's studying tape to see how can I get open what do I do well, and how does this translate versus this defensive back? When this guy shaded me this way, I should I should run this kind of route because it, there's a better you know there's a there's a more there's a better probability that I'll get open stuff and like that. I mean, so and the re- so the reason I like Cooper Cup and I like players like him is because players like him are good for a long time. Guys that are really smart and actually study the game and the heart is there and they get open with their speed, not their speed, but their lateral agility and their route running, those are the kind of guys that have success in the NFL that fall into that, like, Brian Hartline kind of category. That's, like, a pretty good comp for him. I, th- I, I think he is. I think Dane Bruhler actually gave him that comp. I think um, he has more upside than, than, Hartline. Uh, than Hartline personally. But, I mean, yeah. we talk about it all the time. That's, like, one of the guys, our go-to guys, that he was always, like, Hartline falls in that category, one of those guys that's always was always underappreciated. Right. But there's, like, a five-year stretch there. That Wyatt, Brian Hartley line was like a, a consistent wide receiver three. Sure. And he would just fall by the wayside. You could pick him up. I saw, you know, some leagues he was on a waiver wire. Mm-hmm. You could trade for him for nothing. Yep. But he was one of those guys that would help you win a championship because he was consistent and he was a wide receiver three, which everybody needs. Cooper Cup kind of can fall right into that category where, like, he's a mid, the maybe sometimes a high-end wide receiver three, which sure. is still terrific mm-hmm. and consistent. Maybe something that's going to give you about nine points a game. Couple games there will give you some big points when he scores some touchdowns, but will always get open and will consistently provide you points because he's catching footballs. He's going to consistently catch footballs, and every time if you play in a PPR league, they catch a football, you're getting a point, and every point you get gives you another chance to beat your opponent, and that's the reason we play the damn game. Wow, 
I can't argue that breakdown one bit, man. So where do you think Cooper Cup's going right about now in, in drafts? I mean, he's going to get, I mean, okay, Chad Hansen or Cooper Cup? Um, to me, Cooper Cup because he runs better routes. Okay. But, yeah. it, but I mean, I think Chad Hansen's obviously a more explosive. Higher upside guy. Yeah, he's a more explosive guy. He has a higher upside. And I can see that. I can see taking Cooper Cup there. And it's, and it's funny because this, with this receiver draft and where these receivers fall into, these are a couple good receivers you might get right there in the mid-second round as these running backs push these guys back, as these tight ends push these guys back. So if you need a receiver, you could take one of these running backs, knowing you could get a good guy in the back end in the middle of the round and take some upside, like a guy like Cooper Cup and a guy like Chad Hansen. Right. Right? I think it's a good place to stop today, don't, don't you? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, we missed out. I know we kind of want to get into Josh Reynolds. Why don't we get into Josh Reynolds? That, okay. that put us at 10 receivers for the day, for this episode. Right? No, I think it. I think it'll be nine. That'd be ten. Uh, we never did Chris Goodwin. Oh, we never did Chris Godwin. I mean Godwin. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so we got to do Josh Reynolds. Sure. Let's uh, do Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, six foot two. Six foot three, hundred ninety four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cons- four, hey, I'm consistent. You always four point five two in the four. I got that down. Texas A and M. Six point eight three in the uh, three cone, which is pretty good. Thirty seven inch vertical. Which is ridiculous for a guy six foot three, um, four point one three on the twenty yard, which is great for for a guy that tall. And then uh, you know over ten feet in the broad jump, he did not perform anything on the bench press, which doesn't surprise me. Because he's a twig, six foot three, hundred ninety four pounds. Because um, he could probably only do a few of those. So, yeah, I mean this guy is raw, raw, but but big play, big like the catch radius is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean he can make. Some just sick, acrobatic plays. He gets up there. Yeah. And like you said, by his vertical kind of shows that. Yeah. I mean, he's a vertical threat. He's a vertical threat. He runs with really long strides. He builds up speed that way. Tracks the ball well. And, again, raw, but his size, speed, and playmaking ability is what really helps him out. This guy had 30 touchdowns, the, mo- the third most in SEC history. We're not talking about a little small program. We're talking about SEC. Right. All right? 30 touchdowns, third most in history of the SEC. He made the difficult catches. He showed that even even though his light frame with his speed and everything, he does have good yards after the catch as well. Showed some mm-hmm. good yak. Again, inconsistent hands at times, but was, made the difficult difficult catches. And he he performed well at the senior bowl as well. He was a guy that actually, you know, he did all right in the practices. He did pretty good in the game and just kind of showed that he belongs, I think. You know, because 61 receptions for a little over 1,000 yards, that could go either way. Uh, I think those kind of stats. I mean, you know, and, and a player, a player that shows well at, at those kind of events, kind of opens my eyes a little bit, and and you know, shows me that hey, this it wasn't fluky games here and there. He 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 can do it. You know? Yeah, I so, like him. I like what I've seen on right. tape. But again, when I when I watch him, it's just like okay, this guy's just he's raw. So it's a really it is, yeah. big gamble. Somebody that. You that I feel comfortable taking in the third round. That's where I would feel good about taking him. I would not feel great taking him in the second round because he's not a guy that, I mean, 61 receptions, he's only catching, you know, four or five balls a game. So uh, Good upside, like, to the point where, like, if he can get add a little bit more weight to his frame, uh, get some good NFL coaching, maybe show a little bit more consistency with those hands Mm -hmm. to to not just be that big play receiver. Right. Because that's what worries me about Josh Reynolds is, He'll he'll latch onto an NFL team. He'll probably be pretty decent for an NFL team for about four years, maybe right around there. Right. His rookie contract 
lacks off. He gets signed somewhere else, but he's never. He's only good for like those big play abilities. Where again, where he helps the NFL team, but he's not really helping your dynasty team. Right. And somebody that kind of just sits back there. But he does have some upside. Upside right. enough it, where like I feel comfortable drafting him in the third round. He's six, I mean, he's a bigger. He's a big guy, six foot three. He actually, yeah, yeah. Obviously, needs to add some weight. But I think he's he's shown enough of the acrobatic catches and and to, you know big play type of things where where I, I'm willing to take a risk on a guy in like the third round. Yeah, and I think what's going to be the ability on him of where you're going to fall into is like how do these running backs tra- translate out there? Because I'd much rather gamble on a guy like Elijah McGuire like a PPR running back, then taking a guy like Josh Reynolds. He's something that I'd feel really good about getting in the fourth round. I'd give him a third-round rookie grade right sure, now. I think sure. he belongs in the third round. Mm-hmm. But I, I can I can see me with this running back class in going, the third going round. Going another direction. Going another round. direction yeah, sure. and kind of saying, yeah, Josh Reynolds got good upside, but so does this running back. And now is the point I'm going to kind of load up on some of these young running backs. If Josh Reynolds slips to the fourth round because maybe everybody feels that way, then I feel like I really – Instead of having getting value in a third round or where he's gonna go, right? Sometimes he's the kind of guy that I feel like I'd rather get like, oh, I got a really good value, really good, yeah. Around around later, you're getting excellent value, yeah. And then when you miss, it's like, well, it was just good value at the time. It was a good selection. It didn't pan out, but I don't feel bad about it. It was a fourth round pick, right? I don't care. But then none of those guys make my roster barely, right? So that's where I feel about. And I mean, those are the the type of guys you should be picking in the fourth round. High upside guys that you know that you're. That you see something out of, and that that's what I see. I see something. You know, he's got good size and he's got big playability. So you know, you take a shot. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And now that we mentioned his name, we got to do it. We got to go ten receivers. Oh, all right. Chris Godwin. Get Chris. Godwin. Six foot one, two hundred nine. Penn State ran a four four two. Mm-hmm. That's damn good. This that guy is. was a combine star. He was. He had a um seven point oh one in the th- uh three cones, thirty six inch vertical, um a four flat in the twenty yard and 19 bench press reps and 10 and a half feet in the broad jump. So all those numbers are, are, you know, solid. We'll just say that to above, you know, to, to really good. So, yeah, cause I wasn't really, honestly, I wasn't even really like on the kit Chris Godwin tape until after the combine. I wasn't even really into him. And then I watched some, Yeah, I mean, I still haven't watched a ton of them to be honest with I you. I haven't watched a ton either. That's why, you know, I, I we could have pushed them off, but I mean, that's, that's fine. I mean, we're going to redo it all after NFL draft, but exactly. then I'll have everybody analyze better. Exactly. But what I, here's, here's my, here's what I'm seeing on Chris Godwin right now. Um, this is a guy that his 40 time was better than I thought it was going to be from watching the tape. Me too. I, I didn't think he was going to run a four, four, two. He did. Yeah. Which uh, means you don't really see it on tape. You don't see it on tape. Right. But what I like about Chris Godwin. Okay. One thing too, though, is he only played outside. Mm-hmm. Never played to. Sl- he played to slot two percent of his snaps. That's it. So he's an outside receiver, but he's an outside physical receiver. When I watched him play, I'm like, I was impressed, like with his physicality. I'm like, wow, this is a guy that is not afraid to go over the middle, but go over there, get a ball. And remember, Penn State was pretty good last year. Sure. And he had something well, to do. Well, two years ago, they were pretty good. I don't know about last year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, they have Saquon Barkley, and that guy's going to be the first overall pick in dynasty rookie drafts next sure. year. Sure. Barkley is going to be a stud muffin. I love that guy. He's a monster. I agree. He's a monster. But he's a physical receiver who isn't afraid to catch over the middle. And I saw him adjust to the ball well. Just a nice, solid receiver. And it wouldn't surprise me, this guy, if he gets, if he's actually better in the NFL, that he could be like a low-end wide receiver. Like this is upside, obviously. Mm-hmm. I can see him with his physicality. Being one of those like, kind of like a, like a Anquan Bolden, 
You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm. You're. I think you're higher on on Godwin than I am. I, I didn't. I didn't see anything that jumped off the the tape off the tape at me. His hands aren't great. Yeah, that, I, that's a concern. I mean, this guy, he can. He's consistent in one thing too. His drop rate in 2000, I think it was. Let me see where my notes here. In 2016, he dropped 7.8 percent of his balls. In 2015, he dropped 8 percent of his balls. So. That's almost ten percent. Yeah, the math is right. Right. So yeah, I think your math's right. That's that's not too great there. Right. And yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm putting it too high saying wide receiver two, but I can see this guy. Same thing we kind of said about like the Cooper Cup thing, where he could be a wide receiver three. This guy could be end up being a wide receiver three. He could latch onto a team, be the wide receiver two, but be kind of consistent. I like guys. Here's here's my point. I like guys that are physical that aren't afraid to go over the middle because honestly, there's not a lot of those receivers in the NFL. And those guys do have value, just like like a Julian Edelman, where if you can get a quarterback's trust, where you get, you're not afraid to go over the middle when you need that tough catch, they'll go back to you, and you can end up coming away with a game where you might not score like touchdowns or things like that, but you'll come away with a game with like six catches and 55 yards. Or are those stats like mind blowing numbers? But no, that's like 11 points a game, and those are really good fantasy numbers, and that could kind of be the guy that I see Chris Godwin turn into. And again, he plays on the outside as well, so he's not afraid to go as be as, as an outside receiver where there's some benefits of that too. With that 40 time shows me that he can get downfield. So I'm intrigued about Chris Godwin. I'm intrigued about where he's going to go. And I can see that upside of him again, just being one of those guys that just gets you about 8 to 11 points a game, not a big-time touchdown scorer maybe, but somebody that could be under the radar kind of good. See him going late second round of your dynasty rookie draft. Again, maybe really good value in the high third round of your rookie draft. Depending on the situation. I'll let the NFL scouts kind of see where it goes. Right. Again, maybe on the, in the, the tape as much. But this guy, again, he goes in the third round of the NFL draft onto a team that kind of needs a receiver. He's going to get a bump. I, I, mean, I, I mean, you made a good argument. I'm still not buying it. I, I just don't see enough on tape for this guy. He's probably, I mean... Maybe once I dig in a little bit more, my initial reaction to just seeing this guy is that he's just he's just going to be a kind of a guy. I mean, just another jag, just another guy. And I want to, I do want to say that you were right. It, Penn State did have a good year. I think I was thinking of Michigan State that had the yeah, they won the Big Ten, dude. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, they won the Big Ten. So, so carry on once again. Carry on. I'm right again. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. I'll be right about Godwin, and you can be right about their 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 record. That's fine. It's, <laughs> and it, I, I don't mean to like put this out there like I love Godwin. Which right. I, and it probably comes, I mean, me going on there. But again, when I talk about a guy and when I'm on a podcast here talking about a rookie, I, I kind of want to give you like a positive outlook on a guy. So when you come away with drafting a guy. Well, that's but, the thing. You, you're, that's like his most rosy situation, I yes. think. It, it, and it's still not even that great. So for me, like it, best case scenario is this like middle of the road, like receiver. Re, yeah. Like get the hell out of here. I don't need that. Okay. Well, I like him. You don't. Yeah. So, but again, not like I love him. I mean, like I said, I, I, I still have to dig in more on this guy too. So, I mean, my, I could, my, my opinions could be swayed a little bit. And, on there, kid God, and honestly, God one. and next week's episode, we're going to get in the second half of the receivers. Sure. And some of these guys, like we're going to talk about, definitely have some good upside. I mean, we got guys like Curtis Samuel. We haven't talked about, cause we don't know exactly what team he's going to go to and what he's going to do. He's mostly going to be a receiver, but I mean, when you're talking athleticism, I mean, Curtis Samuel is on the top of this list of some of these guys. Right. He can easily be that, that Percy Harvin-esque guy that could just be one of the best fantasy players in his whole draft. Uh, there's a guy like Ryan Switzer, right? right? Love that Ryan guy. Switzer yeah. is Cole Beasley Jr., 
And he is just somebody that runs really good routes, really shifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be Ryan Switzer's ceiling could be like Julian Edelman. Yeah. Somebody that just he's a he's a real savvy little receiver that can get out there and just catch a lot of balls and score some points. I like Ryan Switzer. Totally agree. A lot of white receivers in this draft. Yes, there are. That we t- uh, you, know, you don't see a yeah. lot of that. So kind of odd. Hey, man. Yeah. It is what it is. We even got a white running back, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my gosh. Look at these guys doing some things. Still can't jump. <laughs> so, uh, But next week we'll get into those players as well. There's a lot of those guys. I mean, D.D. Westbrook, Katie Cannon. We'll talk about Fred Ross, Amara D- uh, Darbo. Uh, who else did we talk about? Taewon Taylor. Taewon Taylor. That's some good upside. Isaiah, up, Isaiah Ford, I think. Isaiah just, Ford, one of those right. guys that I was real high on early on the tape. Still really intrigued about Isaiah Ford. Could be pretty good. Odds are against him, but I could see it. You know what I mean? I could see the upside of Isaiah Ford. So that's our first round of NFL or rookie receivers. Uh, really, really middle of the road. Like the top end is really good. Mm-hmm. And then the middle of the road is kind of like, okay, okay, you like this guy better than this guy? It's close enough for me. I don't care. Like there's right. the guys that right. I like. Right. I like, I like that, Chad Hansen. Right. You like Chad Hansen. I like uh, Cooper Cup a little bit more. No big deal. But I mean, Obviously, landing spot between, for example, those two guys is going to be huge because they are pretty close. So we have let's talk so, tiers here. Sure. Okay. Tier one, obviously, Corey Davis, Mike Williams. Yep. Tier two, I personally would have tier two with Zay Jones all by himself. Yeah. If if you want to throw John Ross in there, I I can I'm okay with it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Actually, let's put John Ross in there just because I don't want to put John Ross in his own tier either. That's just stupid. Right. So tier two is Zay Jones and John Ross. Because the upside is there with John Ross, actually, you know, because barring the health injuries. Sure. So tier two is Jay, Zay Jones, John Ross. And then tier three for me is Henderson, Carlos Henderson. Cup, Hanson. Who else? Do you want to throw Juju Smith in there? No, I don't. Would you throw Curtis Samuel in there? Just like as a raw up in the air, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Not quite yet. Not quite yet there? No. So then you have Carlos Henderson, Chad Hansen, Cooper Cup. I'm good with that as the third tier, right? actually. And then there's everybody else. Everybody else that we'd mentioned, right. Which there'll be another tier after that because like, there's some guys that we could probably, in the next tier and the next level, there'll be guys like Katie Cannon, Dede Westbrook, Isaiah Ford. They're going to fall into this category with Chris Godwin, with Josh Reynolds, with Curtis Samuel. And there'll be some that you like more than us and some that we might not like more than you but some of them are gonna pan out most of them will not there you go we'll be back next week uh next week stay tuned it's a big week we're gonna give a we're gonna announce two superflex members whoa next week two or should we do three well maybe quarter of the league yeah maybe three we will announce three people who are selected into the superflex league that we've been talking about for a couple months now yep Thank you to everybody that's donated the $25 to have a chance to win that league. Thanks for everybody that donated over $25 for multiple chances in the league. We are trying to utilize that money into something awesome for the site. Um, all that money is going right back into the site like we always promise. Absolutely. Um, but it's been a really good turnout. It uh, has. More than we thought. Very sure. happy. So anybody that doesn't get in the league, uh, we totally you know, wish we could get everybody in, but we can't start eight leagues. Right. So we will announce three people next week. We will not announce the guy who's got the free entry until the very last week. So we're, I think we're announced the last. So we'd be 3-3-3. Three, three, and three, would be right at 3-3-3 three, 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 and then the, the, the free ride, which would be the week before the NFL draft. 
We'll announce all the winners. We'll get the league going, and then we'll have the actual draft probably like two weeks after the NFL draft. Sounds which good, man. Pretty, I'm pretty excited. Yep. Superflex. I've done a couple mock drafts. My last one, I'm really excited what the team I came out with. Yeah, and we're going to start giving away MFL 10s or no? Uh, next week, we're giving away uh, We're going to give away 12 MFL 10s next week. So next week, giveaway-wise, is a, a big, big episode. episode. Make so sure you tune in. Next week, you still have a chance. If you donate a dollar to the site, you are qualified. If you donate that, by the time next week, you have a chance to win one of those MFL 10s. And then if you uh, donate the $25 to the site, you are qualified for a chance to win an entry into the Superflex League. Remember, it's a Superflex League with Matt and I, so you will play in a Dynasty League forever until one of us dies, or, well, actually, until both of us die. Because <laughs> if one of us dies, the league's still going to go on. Uh, we're consistent when it comes to Dynasty Leagues, right? Sure. I've yeah. never bailed on a Dynasty League. Never. Our Nerds League's 15 years old. Yep. Uh, we're still going strong. Something like that. So you can be a part of our lives forever. Forever. Uh, it'll be $100 buy-in. It'll be a hundred dollar buy in every year, and we'll go with the the ground rules of the league. One, everybody's a member. Sure. Top secret information. Ooh. Members only. Ooh. Wear your jacket. Um, as always, if you want to support the site, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's a great way to help the site out for free. Uh, just to put your site out there, the podcast for more people to listen to and yep. find us. It helps us a lot. It helps us a lot. I read rating reviews every day. Mm-hmm. We're almost to the point about to be in my uh, OCD kicking in. We're at uh, 267. So once we get to 269, I'm going to be like, please <laughs> help me. Uh, that's a good way to support the site. As always, if you want to support the financial in another way, you can always just buy Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Again, the most comfortable t-shirt in the world. So nice. Tri-blend. It's American Apparel Tri-blend. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed to get you high fives in a world. Guaranteed to give you that little extra edge you need in your rookie draft because mm-hmm. people will know you mean business. That's right. Ask anybody, that, ask anybody that owns one of those shirts, they're going to tell you you love it. Yep. Except for Chris Whitman. Whitman. He's only wrote me. He's like, I don't think the, sh- uh, the shirt's as comfortable as you said it was. I'm like, hey, man, okay. Sorry. Agree to disagree. Indeed. Chris. Sorry. Well, I still love Chris. He does a fantastic job. They have their own little podcast over there at the Dynasty Happy Hour. Cool. They're doing a great job. Him and Tyler both. Love S- you guys. Sweet. Little shout out to them. Um, and as well, you can always just get to dynastyrons.com every day. Articles up every day, looking good. ADP, mm-hmm. free. Articles, nice. free. Rankings, free. Holy rookie God. rankings, oh my God. free. How do you if give you, away all this stuff? If you want to see rookies and sophomores combined, click a button. You can see those rankings. Guess how much that's going to cost you? Nothing. Free nine and nine. Oh my God! Free nine and nine. Um. So of course that's why we always love when people join in there and donate because it helps to keep everything free, which is our ultimate goal, right? Absolutely. Keep on everything for free. It's the only way to do it. Keep in the meantime, if you have anything you want to talk about Dynasty Fantasy Football, always hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I am at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds, and we'll be back next week for round two to finish out our rookie recap before the NFL draft. Of all the rookies with the receivers. Oh, my. Look at you with that iron grip handshake. Mm, like Burt Reynolds, Reynolds and, and shit. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.